0: Welcome to WeChat Divorce with Karen Chaloux, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, CDFA, co-founders of My Divorce Solution, the company that delivers the quintessential financial blueprint to couples facing or going through the divorce process. This blueprint, known as the MDS Financial Portrait, establishes the foundation and options an individual or couple would need to make clear financial decisions when considering divorce. Each podcast, Catherine and Karen sit down with divorce professionals and other individuals who provide insight and frank discussion about real people, real situations, and real divorce. Hello, everyone. Today, Catherine and I would like to welcome Wendy Sterling to WeChat Divorce. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh my Hi. gosh, so nice to see you. Thanks for coming. Of course. You guys, yesterday,
0: we were just having a conversation on your podcast, so. I know it does, doesn't it? It's so, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so to our listeners, Wendy is a divorce recovering specialist, certified beta healing practitioner, podcaster, writer, author, and speaker who founded the Divorce Rehab. So Welcome. Thank you. I'm,
2: again, super happy to be here and to be of service to your listeners.
1: Yeah. And today we're talking
0: about the divorce recovery. Which
1: I find hysterical. Is there really recovery in divorce? And when does it happen? I know those are the two (laughs) questions that everybody asks because everyone sees where Karen and I are today because we've experienced divorce and they think it just happens overnight. You end up being onto your new life. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I always say if,
2: if there was that magic pill, I would be a gazillionaire by now. <laughs> um, I wish it was that simple. But, you know, honestly, it's not the divorce recovery process. It is exactly that. It is a process. It is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And it's one that I do feel like you you trained for, um, for a, a long period of time. Um, you know, in that roadmap, is very different for everybody, right? But think about it. When you're training for a marathon, you don't just work out by yourself. You hire a trainer, you hire a nutritionist, you hire whoever else, a mindset coach, right? So just like you would train for a marathon, right? You, When you're going through divorce, it's very similar. You have to have a team. And Part of that too is that in the recovery process, what people don't necessarily, um, I think, realize uh, at the onset is the emotional, how deep the emotional wounds are, and it tends to all come out because divorce is a trauma, and it's not just a divorce from your spouse; you're mourning the loss of so many other things. It's not just your marriage. It's in some cases losing your best friend. It's losing the family that you have fostered and nurtured and grown. It's losing your, your dreams, your hopes, your future. Everything that you had envisioned is gone. So it's not like it's just an easy peasy one thing done. It's, there's so many different layers. And you know I equate it to the recovery process is really about peeling back multiple layers of emotions that you aren't necessarily aware of. Um, And a lot of times, you know, I find that a lot of my clients have a hard time naming it. The reason being that we get stuck in our heads. We get stuck in our heads. We replay stories. We stay in the past. And so a lot of the work that I do is helping my clients to really stop the storytelling and to start focusing on where it is that they want to go. It doesn't mean that we don't deal with the emotions or allow space for it. I do. And then we move you out of it because you could stay there forever if you so choose, but it's not serving you in the recovery process. So it's really important to understand that it does take time, it does take work. And what I have found and you know is a big piece of my business is it takes commitment and it takes accountability mm-hmm. and if those two things are not present
1: you're going to stay stuck mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting i ran a half a marathon with my daughter a few years ago and uh, my husband trained me for that and how he trained me was in my head, it was a one, two, one, two. So as I, that's my only, that was my only pace. It didn't matter if you were going one, two, three, four, you were going one, two, three. My pace was one, two. And I remember that when I was almost getting to the, end, in the marathon part where I was so tired, half marathon, which was killing me. There was a couple running to my left and they were running that one, two pace. Well, I don't know who they are, but they were on my exact same pace. So I was able to complete it. But in divorce, I feel like when everyone's trying to follow the pace of their friend or the pace of the process or the pace of whatever they think that they should be following, it doesn't work because you have to move at your own pace. And when you talk about those layers, um, it's okay to fall back, isn't it? Because I can remember even myself, I was very hurt about a friend who I thought was a friend who ended up friending my ex and his girlfriend when they didn't have any relationship before. Yeah. And it doesn't bother me anymore when I bring it up. It used to sting so badly, but yeah. now eight years removed, each, each year it got less sting, there was less sting to it. Yeah. So it didn't mean yeah. that my mind wasn't going to go there again because we all go back. It's a matter of how long you stay there, I guess.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and I think what people also have a hard time doing is staying out of judgment of their own thoughts. It is, you know, I say that it's kind of, everybody has their own roadmap, or you can look at it as like, it's their own dance, right? Sometimes you may take two steps forward and then one step back and then three steps forward and then two steps back. And a lot of that, it's okay. And it's not about judging yourself or getting upset or disappointed. It's really Understanding that new things come up that you don't expect, that you can't plan for, that you don't know, and it sets you back. But the important piece is having the tools to know how to pick yourself back up and continue the forward momentum. But what ends up happening when people try to lone wolf it is every time they have a setback, they beat themselves up, negative self talk, and then they keep moving backwards because keep beating themselves up versus, okay, acknowledging, okay, something just triggered me or I wasn't expecting to feel this today. Okay, took a step back, but okay, let's sit in it. What Get curious about it. What is it that came up? And then mourn it, cry, yell, whatever it is that you need to do, and then pick yourself back up and go, okay, guess what? I get to celebrate the fact that I noticed I took a step back but I now am acknowledging and celebrating the fact that, okay, I get to start new tomorrow. Every day is a new day. And instead of looking at it as, oh, I suck. I'm, why am I back here? Why am I doing this? It's really about, okay, I acknowledge it. And now tomorrow I'm gonna, I'm gonna approach the day differently. And it's, and it's,
1: all, it's all in your mind. And yeah. it's I like my, what you said though. You said something really good. It's yes. celebrate that little victory. Yes. We forget to stop and say, you know what, I'm proud of myself for getting dressed and putting makeup on today. You know, if that's all I could do that day, or I'm proud of myself for this didn't bother me. We we always forget to celebrate for ourselves those little little steps forward because they're really end up being huge steps.
2: Yeah. I mean, for example, I was talking to a client the other day and you know, we were talking and she she goes, you know, I feel like I'm not moving forward. And I said to her, and I was like, okay, can we just recap everything you just told me you've done since our last conversation? And there were five things that she had done in her divorce process, right? That she just totally was oblivious to. And I was like, hold on a second. And like, you just told me you did one, two, three, four, five things. And you're telling me you're stuck. I was like, so explain to me how what you've done means you're stuck. And she was like, well, but you know, we haven't filed yet. And I said, okay, but to get to filing, you had to do these five steps. So why are you negating the work that you've done? And it hadn't even occurred to her. And so I said, I was like, okay, so do you see that you've taken actionable steps? You've committed to taking these steps to get from A to B. You want to get to Z, but A to B, hi, 5 steps, celebration time, right? And so I encourage my clients, like the little victories are so much more important than the big wins. You think that the big wins, oh, when the divorce is done, I'm going to feel better. Reality check, people. It's not. Like, it's (laughs) just, it's not. I I had the same feeling. I was like, oh, I can't wait till that judgment's filed. I didn't feel better. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't, it didn't change anything. Yeah. yeah. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: And yeah. I you yeah. know, and, and everybody says, oh, you know, when the divorce is done, like I get to move forward. No, 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 That's not how this works. It just means that the business that you transacted to end is over. That's it. And by the way, there's more work to be done after that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So there's so, this so much. Yeah.
1: You know, and there's yeah. this
2: misconception that when the divorce is filed and the divorce is done,
0: oh, feels so much better. Uh no, no, not how it works. And you know what? Wendy, conversely, and we've been talking about this a lot, especially in the COVID world, mm-hmm. divorce is not an emergency either. No. So there's some um advantages to making sure you have all of your ducks in a row and it's not a race to get to file, you know, that's not the goal. The goal is to have everything in place because divorce, you know, most of our lives is a building block, right? Mm -hmm. Just take one step at a time. You know, you go to high school, you go to college, you get married, whatever. A divorce is literally your entire world thrown up in the air and you're finding new friends. You're wondering if you're, you know, dating material and do you date and how do I do the finances and do I have to get a job or not? All of these things and you have to deal with it all at the same time. So to your point, um, you know, taking steps, but also realizing that it's in your own time and in your own way, unless of course you're in harm's way, but that's a whole different story.
2: Yeah, so, and yeah. I love what you just said. Like I love that divorce is not an emergency. Um, and there's a, there's a saying that I repeat frequently to my community which is there's power in pausing right there's power in the pause Mm
0: -hmm. and a lot
2: of times I'll tell my clients like it's not about rushing to file it's not about rushing into mediation it's not about rushing into making decisions like you get to take a breath You get to sit back and think because this is your future. You Mm -hmm. are not going to be able to go back and change anything. And again, I think it's linked to the fact that people believe that getting it done means I'm done with him. And it's not. It's it's an energetic, emotional cut that you want done. It's not the Mm -hmm. business, but the business piece is the area where you especially have to slow down because yeah. you know there's there's things that you don't know you know i have a lot of clients who are like oh you know my soon to be ex really wants me to sign off on this and he's sending me all these things and telling me you know and it's almost like there's bully tactics happening mm-hmm. i always tell them well have you spoken to a legal professional have you spoken to a financial professional who have you consulted with to even know <clears throat> if what they're telling you is even true they're just trying to bully you to move it along because they're taking advantage sometimes of the fact that they know you want it to be done. Yeah. And it's the worst thing that you
1: can do well, for yourself. Yes, they actually, exactly what they're doing. And I always say, if you, if you can give somebody a gift or give yourself a gift, and that's going to be patience. Yes. So patience is the best thing that you can have during divorce, but it's also probably one of the hardest things because if I can kind of correlate what the two of you are saying as I'm listening is that when you're in the thick of it, I get the emergency is to feel that you want this to be over. Like, I, I get that. I've been there. You just want it done. But like, as you said a minute ago, the work starts probably when the divorce is finalized because you still don't feel great on that day. So if we could all transform that into the emergency really is getting the right information that you need to make a clear decision to make your divorce final. Because you can't rehab if you're regretting you no, regret and rehab makes that much harder because you, you're beating yourself up. We're hard enough on ourselves, but when we make bad decisions that will affect the rest of our lives, and I'm talking even just mostly financial right now, that impact is forever. So if you regret that, you're going to have a really hard time moving forward um, and, and, and be through that rehab successfully to move forward. So the emergency is getting the information. So you're clear on making that decision to get your divorce finalized.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
2: and something that you both also talked about when we, you know, had our conversation for, um, for my show was, and it was, I mean, it still sticks out in my mind is that if, if something seems really great, or too good to be true it probably is like i remember the example where you said like you know in this scenario if you were offered this there's actually tax implications that not a lot of people know about so you know what is being offered to you is actually a worse deal and so i always have that in the back of my mind truly like it's it is it has stuck in my head and it's so it's so true is that if something looks too good to be true or they're being real, you know, sometimes you just have to trust your gut, right? I teach my clients too, to like, listen to their intuition. If something feels a little funky, don't ignore
0: it. Take a beat. Right. And don't oversimplify it and just think someone's going to be the fix, because what we encounter a lot is a person or a couple will come in and say, oh, it's easy. We're He's going to take the house, and I'm going to take this, and we're just going to split the retirement accounts and all of these things. Well, on its face, it seems fairly simple. So, all right, he's going to refinance. So there's a whole litany of questions to firm that up, right? So Mm -hmm. are you going to cash out? Who's gonna be responsible for the expenses? What's the valuation? How are you gonna get to the valuation for the retirement accounts? Are you dividing shares? Are you dividing dollars? And what are the, to your point, what are the implications, especially during COVID? And pretty much any asset probably has 10 questions to clarify the division of it that people have zero idea about. And sometimes the attorneys have zero idea about just because they're not financially trained. So that's a very interesting component when we have clients come through our doors that while yes, everyone wants to be amicable and we're focused on on that piece of it for them, but also being willing to address the questions and not to defer to, well, it's always been done this way or he said this or she said that without the clarity of a professional to your point. No. Um, so
1: important. You bring up something really good and, and Wendy, this should be something interesting for you to answer for us. So when Karen's talking like that and, and we're, we're saying be clear and you know in, in our process, the document that we deliver for our clients hopefully has some transparency and um the, the couple's able to be a little well a lot more amicable through the process when they start with sharing information mm-hmm. together. Um, what is the comparison for when you have someone who's gone through the divorce who gets to try to be amicable gets to try to work through and get some knowledge during that process and maybe dissolves the marriage with not so much hate of their spouse because they got to communicate a little bit versus someone who says okay i was kind of bullied into this my spouse threw this in front of me and i signed off on it and you know, now I found out that he went and bought another house and did this, and he's not coming over to help me fix the pool and do all of that, um, <laughs> like he promised he would do. So how does one person recover versus the other one for you? With yeah, you, so
2: that's a, great, that's a great question. Um, you know, it's interesting because I do have clients on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the recovery, you may think it's different, but it's, it's honestly, it's not, you know, I have clients who initiate the divorce. I mean, I have a client who just yesterday sat down and told their kids and she texted me yesterday. Um, you know, I've been coaching her up until that point and she has, there have been very similar emotions, right? And the biggest piece in the recovery process in either scenario is really learning how to stand in your power as an independent person because in both situations right you you lose yourself we've all lost ourselves in our marriages at some point especially those of us that have gone through divorce i completely lost myself in my first you know in my marriage And so in both scenarios, the recovery process starts with really identifying who it is that you are today. What are the things in your past that you get to take responsibility for, right? Um, You know, I was talking to another client the other day where, you know, she kept blaming, blaming, blaming. And I'm like, wait a second you put up with this, you allowed this, and yet you're not taking responsibility. So a big piece of the recovery process on both sides is is the identity and voice, and then also learning how to take responsibility. Taking responsibility doesn't mean that you are responsible for somebody else's choices, but you are responsible for how you showed up, the choices you made, and until you own that, like you created that dynamic yourself, right? Whether you asked for the divorce and it's amicable or not. And in both scenarios, yes, you do have to co-parent. Now in an amicable situation, you could potentially think that you have the opportunity to reach out to your ex and ask them for help in the house. And to be honest, I I don't. Ne- I am all for amicable relationships. And I'm also all about empowering my clients to know that they can do things on their own and stop relying on their spouse. YouTube is phenomenal. You know what else is? Word of mouth. We all live in communities now where there are neighborhood groups, Facebook groups for neighborhoods. Ask for referrals and ask for somebody to come out and to do this for you. I had to learn so much stuff by myself, like things that, I mean... I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but like, I've always been really good. Like I love building things, but there have been things that I'm like, I've had to change out. Like, you know, I have like those dimmable lights. I've learned how to do them myself. I've, I've watched YouTube videos. I've followed the instructions. I've changed out those you know, with the screwdriver and the, the little thing, the cap things that you screw. Like I've had to learn a lot and I have to tell you, there is, that's part of the stepping into your power process is knowing you can do it. And the discomfort is in, you know, oh, but, but he used to do this and, uh, you know, whiny, like, and it, guess what? Just cause he used to do it doesn't mean that you're not capable of doing it yourself. So the recovery may seem like it's totally different, it's not because there's still the same. It's interesting, actually. It's still the same um, emotions that are wrapped into sort of designing what that co-parenting relationship looks like. Mm
1: -hmm. And at the end
2: of the day, even in an amicable divorce, like if you can still be friends and be together and do things as a family, that's wonderful. And at the same time, it's healthy for you to still create boundaries with your acts that enable you to still stay in a place of independence, confidence, and power. I
0: love that. I do too. I thought of
1: it that way. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I love that. Can
1: you come over and screw my little screwy thing Uh,
0: I was (laughs) going to say, you're not going to find me doing that because I would be the first one to blow it up, but I will buy you a (laughs) bottle of wine. I will cook you a meal. In exchange, I'm all about finding people who, you know, can do oh, things I mean, for me in exchange I, for it. I, I own a tool.
2: That, I, I like <laughs> oh, went out and I bought a toolkit. Awesome. I like, I literally just bought a sander on Amazon yesterday because I want to sand oh God, down. Awesome. <laughs> well, because listen, and that's granted, right. there have been times where I've had to call my ex husband because he literally, this house that I live in, I'm still in the house that I was in when I was married and that was my choice and I'm totally great with it and have done my healings around that. But there's still like a couple of things that I'm like, I, like I have looked, I have high and low. I'm like, I don't know where this is where I've had to call him and just be like, Hey, this, you know, I don't mean to bother you, but like, I've looked in this place and that place and like, I have no idea where this is, and, you know, and it's been in the most random of places that, like, I would have never known, so there are times, it's not like I don't reach out to him, you know, about something about the house that I'm clueless about, but, like, there was one thing where I was, like, where is the, like, reset power, reset power button for, like, the, the built-in barbecue, like, I've looked everywhere, I've looked in the the garage and, like, the power box, to- and it winds up, it's like outside in this whole other area. I'm like, what the hell is it doing out there? <laughs> like, you know, so it's, I'm not saying yeah. out, but I'm really, I encourage my clients to problem solve for themselves, stop defaulting, yeah. because when you default, then you go, oh, I have to call him. Oh, oh instead of going, oh crap, never done this before. Okay,
1: YouTube, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like My yeah. daughter, When I, I remember my daughter every time I asked her for something, now I'm not allowed to ask her for anything unless I YouTube it first. <laughs> She'll say, I'll ask both my kids, we have a joint thread going, and they'll say, mom, did you YouTube it? Don't, we're not responding until you YouTube it. It amazes me what you it. can find on YouTube. Everything,
2: like honestly, <laughs> everything is on YouTube. Yes. And I also, my best friend's husband, God bless him, he helps me too. He's like my, ele- my, um, electronics guy. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: So like, I, you know, I was having issues with like my ring. So he came over and helped me. Like I did everything. And I was like, I can't get, I can't fix this. I can't like, I always try really hard because I hate, I, I do. I hate asking for help. It's really hard mm-hmm. for me. Um, because I like to be like, no, I can do this myself.
1: <laughs> but then other times I'm like, shit, I got a YouTuber. <laughs> I just can't figure this out. So I go to Karen now because she doesn't make me YouTube anything. (laughs) I can not either, Catherine. So, you know, just
2: add me to your dial list.
0: (laughs) I will. Don't YouTube all day. And then I find people who would be really good at it.
1: Right. (laughs) You're
0: really good at this.
1: Help me yeah. out. I, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. But to that's your awesome point,
0: enough. you find your resources, right? And yes. and we can all be really good at finding resources. That's for sure. Yeah.
2: We're women. I mean, let's be real, Absolutely. guys. Like we are yeah. the most, we forget how resourceful we are. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> we're really resourceful for our kids, but then it comes to
0: us and we're like, uh, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. I can do this. So, yeah. I yeah. call it being the CEO of your life. Yes. Yeah, yes.
2: Absolutely. I got this. Yeah. yeah. And, yep. And that's also a mental transition, right? Is going from being part of a of a team, right? You're in a partnership, um, or at least you think you are, um, and then you go to sort of being this your own CEO. And you know something else that also comes up that you know hopefully will land with the listeners is you know, a lot of times with my clients, I hear them say like, oh, well, you know, he's not doing this and this and this and this. And I'll always say like, well, when you guys were married, was he doing this too? Because a lot of times we also aren't even aware that like it's now being highlighted and you're annoyed by it, but it's the same way that they were when you guys were married. Like for example, like there were times where I was like, you know, in our marriage, like I would just take care of what I took care of. And then after we got divorced, it was like, well, why is he acting this way? Why da it da, da, da. And then, you know, it was one of those moments where I'm like, Oh wait, he did this when we were married. And I just was okay with it. When we were married, I perpetuated it. So why do I think it's going to change? Right. right. And so That's many times people forget, like, you, number one, allowed that in your marriage, and you created it for yourself. And yet now that you're divorced, you're mad about it. it you know, so again, it's having that awareness of, wait, I was a CEO by
1: myself anyway. Like, right. so. I always say reminder, this is a reminder behavior of why you're divorced. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's you so know, and it, it is a reminder. And it's like, but,
2: when you're apart, for some reason, it gets highlighted, and you're, you're like mad. But yet when you were married, it was still going on, and you were like, whatever, we're married, blah, blah, blah. But now that you're separated, you're like, wait a second, like blah, 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 like blame, pointing finger, mad, why does he do this?
1: It's like, guys. How long do you think it takes somebody to recover from a divorce? Well, it depends if they have support or not. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um, you know, when you have support, I mean, I've worked with clients who have recovered in six months and I have clients who have recovered in a year. Um, it all depends on you. It depends on your level of commitment. It depends on your level of, um, desire for accountability. Um, you know, and that's one of the things that, you know, what makes me, I think, I believe what makes me unique in what it is that I do and why I'm able to help my clients move through the process so fast is I am not interested in being their best friend. No desire. If you wanna go have a best friend, go for it, call them and they will keep you stuck. But my job, my role is to move you forward, which means I am bold. I give what I call tough loving to my clients. And I say the things that you wanna hear but nobody else is gonna tell you. Mm -hmm. So that is what enables me to get people unstuck. And I say things to them in a way that for some reason, they never thought about it that way before. And so if you enable me to truly coach you, I will get, I could get you through in six months if you let me, easy. And I'm not somebody who's like, oh, let's spend two years together. Like I'm mama bird, get out of the nest and go fly. Like I want (laughs) you to get on with your life. Like that Mm -hmm. is, but I'm going to hold your hand every step of the way. I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader and I'm going to give you the kick in the ass that you need to get you unstuck and to get you moving forward. So if if you follow the program, we will move you fast. But if you are like, wishy-washy, it's going to take you a little bit longer. You know, I have clients also who come to me after having done other programs who are on the other side of divorce, who are years on the other side of divorce and are still stuck because they've been trying to do it by themselves. And, so, and then when they come to me, it's like instant results. All of a sudden they're moving forward. So, you know, it just, it varies, but honestly, it's on my clients. Like You have to want it
1: more than me. Right. Well, how do you define recovery? How do you know when somebody's recovered? That's a good question. So that is a great question. (laughs) I've actually never been
2: asked that question before. Um, I can tell you what my own personal definition of recovery is. I mean, to me, recovery means that you are completely focused on your vision of where you want your life to be and you are on your path. Now, recovery doesn't mean that you don't still have emotional setbacks, right? I've had a bunch <laughs> um, along my path, right? But it's the ability to recover quickly, meaning you have the tools and you move forward. So recovery also means that you are doing, taking the tools that I've given you and using them every single day. So when you're recovered... From your divorce, that's when you're ready to start dating. That's when you're ready to really start jumping into that, um, that place of self-love and confidence where sky's the limit and you see that possibility. And then I too. you're not recovered.
1: Yeah, and I think, that, I think the listeners, if you're out there, and I, I totally get this again, and I can only re- equate back to my own, my own journey, but recovery, Wendy, you said something really great, and I hope everybody gets this. Recovery doesn't mean you're not going to have those emotional setbacks, because for me, it was two, a good two and a half years before I really allowed myself to be happy, um, so, but I was able to move forward every day doing something to move in a positive direction. So recovery, you're saying, is being able to move on to that independent, positive movement for yourself. However, don't beat yourself up if you still have emotional setbacks, because we, we are human after all. And yeah. that took longer than six months to, to kind of un, unleash that. So that's really very good. I like that, because you don't have to wait till this yeah. year mark to feel like you're moving forward in life. You can actually do this in six months
2: if you move yeah. into it and you have yeah. help. Exactly. And, and it's, it's also, I think it's also still really important to recognize that it doesn't mean that you're done being part of a community. So what I also have created is a community for people who have gone through their own recovery and they just, they, they still want sort of that community aspect, that support for like those things that come up, right? And that could be like, you know, the first year, right? After your divorce is final or the first year after you ask for a separation, you're dealing with a lot of emotional first that you don't anticipate, you don't know how you're going to react, right? Right. But also enabling you to still have a place to just be like, "Hey, like, how did you guys approach this?" or like, "I'm feeling like really sad about this?" Because again, it's not like the emotions don't it's not like they go away, but to also still surround yourself with a community of people who can support you, because your married friends don't get it. they try, exactly. but they don't get it, And so still allowing yourself, like part of being on the being recovered is to stay in that place, you need support. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying it has to come from like a one-on-one coach. If that's what you choose, great. But also just being part of a group of, of people who are there with you every week,
1: that you have friends to go to, is, is equally as important. Oh, we totally, you know what I'm going to think, Karen, you know what I'm thinking of right now. We what? have to collide our communities together. That's why we have the Mrs. To Me event. Oh, yeah. Uh, because very we, much so. it's true, just like when you have children, you you hang around people who have the kids your same age, right? Because exactly. Because that's the community you're growing with. So exactly. staying here, we wanted to provide a place for women of divorce to get together, to have a, a weekend of just fun together. And, you know, we struggled with, do we make it just People who've experienced divorce, and we settle it on yes because they understand each other, yeah. and if there's a comfort there, there's a security there, and we all get to just celebrate where we are and where we're going together. So we definitely, Wendy, need you there at that next one because you'll yeah. be a great speaker Absolutely. for one. <laughs> and I would love to be. Our community should be doing that. We should be embr- embracing instead of, you know, you feel like everyone's looking at you like you're the divorcee walking around this world. Yeah. You know, it's not a yeah. negative thing. I say it all the time. Divorce is a part of my story. It's not my story, it's just yes. a little part of it. Right? I agree. So I love that. I love, love that, this is I a love great that too. Mm-hmm. And
0: I really love what you said about doing all the work and then you're ready to integrate these new relationships because so often i find that right out of the gate sometimes even before their kids know they're already on match.com and they think that that is the next step and i think on many levels that's a huge setback because it just doesn't work out and it's disappointing and it's a you know it's ru- it's rough but i really like that you said that
2: yeah, and and that's why the second marriage divorce rate is so high, right? Is because people don't do the work, and so many times they start dating or enter into you know a new relationship because they don't want to be alone. And I always talk about like alone is a choice. That's your choice. If you're choosing to stay alone, there's there's so many ways to connect, especially now in COVID there are so many ways to feel connection that um you know listen i understand you miss it's hard going you know having nobody in your bed next to you when yeah. you're sleeping at night right or having yeah. those hugs and i mean we all miss hugs you're not alone in that Perfect. um but there you know there's a certain um mindset that goes along with well i'm alone well no you're not and you know you get to build a relationship you get to hang out with yourself right mm-hmm. i You know, I just recently actually, this is public information because I've been talking about it with my community. I recently just broke up with my boyfriend and what I, and we were together a year and a half. And what I have really encouraged myself to do is to like do all the things I wasn't able to do when I was in a relationship, right? Or like, not that he hindered me from doing it, but more like, what are the things that I get to reconnect with about myself? Right. So I take more walks with my dog in the evening. Like I've been Netflix binging shows. Like I have. (laughs) I have reached out. It's enabled me to reach out to more friends more frequently, right? Connecting with my family. There's FaceTime. There's, you know, whatever way you get to visually connect Zoom. You know, you don't have to be alone. It's a choice. And, you know, I, this has been my first weekend without my kids and having broken up with him. And so this was a real test for me. And Yeah. I've been sad. And yes, I've acknowledged that I feel lonely. And every time I feel lonely, I'm like, okay, wait a second. What can I do? Like, there's a million things that we can do to
1: not feel lonely.
2: It's a choice.
1: Yeah. I used to tell everyone when I first got divorced, mostly my daughter, um, just because I'm alone, don't think that I'm lonely. You know, exactly. because when I had my alone time is when, of course, I'm a big binge watcher, but I like all the stupid shows like Real Housewives, and now it's Selling Sunset and <gasps> things like that. I did watch that. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they're like little guilty pleasures, but yeah. I actually enjoyed the eight hours. I would watch one of those <laughs> things with a glass of wine sometimes, but just by myself. Yes. And it was. It was like being alone to me wasn't loneliness. And I think if we can all that just because somebody and I'm a social person right Karen I mean I love being around people and I I go out every time all the time but just when I was alone people would think because I'm so social that I was lonely and I was sad and like you said yeah maybe I cried a little bit but it was only for a little bit and then I enjoyed that alone time to refine myself what I want to be like basically Um, so yeah, so you know what, you're going to get through this too. Look at you. I told you, you look beautiful today. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Thank (laughs) you. So that alone time probably ended up being really well worth it for yourself even. It, It is. And to be honest, I, you know,
2: I am the type of person where I, I am like always on the go, like even just, I don't know how to stop. And one of the things that I realized the gift in this, aside from the gifts that you know, my ex-boyfriend gave to me and my boys, which I will forever be grateful for. He's a wonderful man. Um, and at the same time, what I also realized was that I need to slow down and I, I don't. And I, you know, I'm always thinking, I'm always, you guys know, like I'm always thinking, I'm always doing, I'm always on to the next thing. And I also get to take care of myself. And so what I've actually used this time for was really investing in me. I, I, you know, I am a Theta healer. I took a course this weekend to further my education in that, um, which was incredibly powerful. And I literally laid on the couch and watched, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed to even say I watched, somebody talked me into watching Love is Blind on Netflix. Oh, I saw that. (laughs) Don't be embarrassed. (laughs) I literally sat and watched six hours of this show on the couch this weekend. I may have finished it over the weekend, but I'm just saying like- it was my such... little sister? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. You, you have to watch, watch, it. watch it, it's amazing. <laughs> and I just watched News. the reunion. I finally watched the reunion last night, but um, I yeah. just, you know, it's one of those things like I never let myself do this because I'm always thinking, going, doing this, doing that. And I was like, "Screw it, I'm gonna lay on the couch and I did that i I've been taking baths at night, which I used oh, to do, yeah. and I forgot I like to do like you know, so it's been so it's been so nurturing. For me, and yeah, I've cried during random moments. I cried in the a song came on when I was listening oh. sitting in the bathtub that reminded me of my ex-boyfriend and I like started crying, but I was like, okay, let's just let it flow and you yeah, know when it's done, it feels done. good too sometimes. <laughs> it feels so good. it's it feels so good, but like, it's awesome. I'm social too. Like I'm a very social person and so the way that I've kind of organized my life too is that when I have my kids I'm very active and when I don't I really nurture myself because I have to. And a lot of times when we get into marriages, when we get into relationships, we forget. And it's not I don't sit here and go, "Oh, Wendy, you did it again." Da 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 da. I'm just like, "Oh, wait. Okay, like you got to balance this a little bit better." Like, you know, so it just, I, I'm in such a different place to be able to, uh, and again, having the, be, being recovered is that I have the tools, I know what to do, but it doesn't mean that I don't still feel anything. Mm-hmm. I just get through it a lot faster. And I feel, I mean, it's been two weeks and I'm really good that's and that's awesome. not a lie. So yeah. it's, again, it's, it's knowing and having the tools to, to do what you get to do for yourself and take care yeah. of yourself.
0: That's awesome. So. Just reframing how you approach yes. life, right? Exactly.
2: It's the same mm-hmm. thing. It's, it, and also, you know, I think that's something that um, people going through divorce or on the other side too also forget is that you know, it takes two people to make a marriage work and I also have no regrets in my marriage. I wouldn't have my children. I wouldn't be standing here where I am today had I not been married to him. And we had a great love story, right? And I am thankful for that. And, I, and yes, it's taken me some time to get there. I did not have an amicable divorce in the beginning. Um, but I also see the gifts in, in what that experience taught me. and. I know that a lot of people are probably hearing this and going, never, like it's never going to happen, but it's great to know it's possible, (laughs) you know, and your mind is so powerful that if you believe like I'm never going to get there, then you never will. But if you hear what I'm saying and you go, God, that's where I want to go. You will just, even that one little thought will shift how it is that you start seeing yourself in relation to that your ex and the relationship because your mind is very powerful. What you think you create, mm-hmm. everything, yes, the wor- words are powerful. So mm-hmm. nothing's impossible, and you know, recovery is possible for everyone.
0: You just again, it's mindset. Yeah, I love that. That's great. So, this summit that we just or that you just launched, it's mm-hmm. over now. Is that still available? for people to access or you had to sign up during the summit itself? Yeah, so the summit itself
2: is now down um, because of, you know, people were saying, oh my god, there's so many interviews, like how do I watch them all? So I actually, I had left it up through the end of July um, and it is now down. but I am gonna be coming out with the opportunity for people if they want access to it. Um, I am going to be offering it up um, for people if they want to Uh, purchase it, they can purchase the summit. And I I don't normally do this, but I've had so many people reach out to me going, I really want this. How do I, you know, because Mm -hmm. the videos, including yours, I mean, there was so much value and it's so great to just go back and re-listen to it. So I am in the process of building that because, again, (laughs) of all the feedback I've been getting. Um, But I am doing, um, at the end of September, I'm going to be doing a live uh, show with experts um, related to narcissism. So that is going to be my next project um, that I'm in the process of building and and working with some incredible experts in the narcissism field. So I'm always, as I said, I'm always, <laughs> I love that. there's great. always something. Um, yeah. So yeah.
0: So our listeners should know that um, you created uh, an online summit called the Divorce Summit. Many, many experts um, speaking about the process of divorce from a, a variety of perspectives. So um, Google <laughs> Wendy Sterling is it it's called the divorce summit right um, so it's
2: it's uh, beyond it was called beyond divorce beyond it's divorce, about setting right. boundaries getting unstuck and moving forward mm-hmm. so um, the summit itself um, the if people would like more information they can you know go to my website wendysterling. net um, yeah. and if you would like access to you know, knowing when I'm going to be offering that again, um, or offering it for purchase, um, you guys can go ahead and email me at wendy at wendysterling.net. And I'll add you guys to the list. So And is that the
1: same contact information if they want your one-on-one coaching services? No.
2: So if you want to, so I always do a free 15 minute call, right? And that's really to just establish you know what it is that you need whether or not i'm a fit for you and if not i always refer out i have a wonderful network of colleagues um that if i'm not your person i can refer you to somebody else um and the url or the way to contact me to schedule time is through schedulewithwendy.com
1: great this was great talking to you again we have to keep this going our conversation because you're always full of knowledge and just a um, positive um outlook for people to move forward which is what we're always looking to provide to our listeners as well
2: well thank you i truly i i feel so fortunate to have you both in in my circle and i'm so grateful for the work that you guys are doing as you know i am a huge fan and what you both provide to so many people is invaluable so thank you so much for having me and yes lots more to come i know (laughs) absolutely Yes. yes Thank you. All right. Thank you again. Thanks, you guys. Everyone have a great day.